0: We're back. Episode six, Hit Bull Win Podcast. I'm Matt Suter, joined by, of course, AGM, Comma, Comma Operations, Scott Strickland. It's episode six of Hit Bull Win Podcast, the official podcast of the Durham Bulls and a production of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. So what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about why we love our jobs. We really haven't gotten into that in, in our first five episodes, so we're going to talk about that today. We sit down with Quentin McCracken, a Duke University okay. project, project product, <laughs> not a product. I'm sure I mean, he was a project maybe, at one I point. Mean, maybe the, the coaching staff thought he was a project or the university, but he's a product now. Um, and one of our, our assistant coaches, our first base coach, uh, we bring back Would You Rather after last week's debut. And in some baseball talk, the MLB draft is going on. And three of the Rays' first six picks, North Carolina guys, in one way or another. Mm -hmm. So, Scott, it is, I'm awful at this. Tuesday, June 4th. At one point every episode, I look to see what the date is because I just don't know. Tuesday, June 4th. Penultimate day. Love that word, by the way. It's a great word. Yeah. Every everybody Not as seems good as to loquacious, love loquacious, but it's it's up there. Yeah, I dropped loquacious right before we started recording, and that was, uh, and now we've worked it into the show. So I was called loquacious on my second grade report card. <laughs> I can. I got in trouble that. for that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so penultimate day of this ten game nine day homestand, and really the first weekend. The DBAP will not have events in a six-week span. Third week of April. Since the third week of April, that's coming up. That's on the horizon, uh, which starts Friday night, not on Saturday. <laughs> um, th- that's for our loyal listeners there. <laughs> but so last week we we did a recap of the ACC baseball championship. We talked with Cam Brendel, our head groundskeeper, who who lived at the ballpark that entire week. And one of the fan comments we received. Uh, was that it seemed maybe a little bit ungrateful, some of the comments we had. Um, Maybe that we were even almost complaining a little bit. Uh, We've been misunderstood, I believe. Misunderstood. Yes. Uh, But it's interesting. So Scott and I did a faux episode before Hit Bull Win Podcast ever hit the iTunes. Will that ever be aired, the pilot? I hope so. Just to hear how bad it is. A separate release, maybe. A separate. That'll be like an off-season release. (laughs) But uh, the Hit Hit Bullwin podcast, The Hidden Tapes. (laughs) Um, And so one of the things we talked about in that episode, that fake episode, but never actually have talked about since it's gone live, is why we work here and why we love our jobs. Um, So sort of using last week as that jumping off point, I think what Scott and I have thought, is that a lot of we just take it for granted that people think that we love our jobs, but that's never expressly been stated. And we'll sort of use this this stretch that we're in as the example, right? You can't work five, six, seven straight weekends. You can't have thirty-one games in twenty-three days without loving what you do. Right. I mean, Scott, so you've been here first season with the Bulls was two thousand four. Two thousand four. So 2004 to 2019, nowadays, people don't stay at jobs that long. Right. I mean, even you look at me, I'm a, I'm a classic millennial. Uh, I'm in season six with the Bulls. Millennials don't stay at jobs that long. That's correct. And it's interesting because you need to, to have a love for the hours that we do, some of the work that you do. Again, it's maybe no other industry as much as minor league baseball. The other duties as assigned mm-hmm. in that job description you're really going to have some other duties yep. that are That's assigned. the majority of your job actually. Is yeah. the other duties is as assigned. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's I would love to see a job description for what I do. Yep. And then compare it to okay, my, my LinkedIn profile, let's say. Um and and Scott can say that. I mean, our our vice president Mike Burling, he could absolutely say that. You know, that it, whether you're the the highest guy in the organization or the lowest person, an intern who's just trying to get their feet wet in the industry, it's other duties as assigned is going to be the bulk of what you do. Um, but that's why we love it, right? Right. That's what keeps it fresh. That's what keeps 31 days
1: uh, fun and appealing to you. Um, I don't think hardly anyone in our office um, would be cool with what I, I think most jobs are like, You know, going to a cubicle and or an office and sitting there from 9 to 5. Uh, i, I just monday through friday i know i personally the off season's like the worst time of year you it's it's it almost i don't use you want to use the word stale but it's definitely boring um i think it also goes back to i hate the mornings i hate the mornings i'm a night guy so i like being out and about at night um and this job actually plays towards that individual characteristic a little bit but yeah you definitely um you can't do this job um year in and year out an event in an event out without loving it uh and and I think we have a lot of passionate people here that that um that uh they get encouraged actually and motivated by some of the things and the the hurdles we throw it we throw at them whether that be an event schedule or just the the oddity that is a um operating a a baseball stadium over the course of the day we've had some interesting hurdles today that that's what makes it fun that's what makes it interesting um It's it's a cool part of the job.
0: Yeah, and I think that it's, again, you look at these hurdles, you look at these challenges, it's something new almost every day, Mm -hmm. if not multiple things every day. And you and I and some others on staff have used in the past the term all in. You know, if you're not all in on this job, you probably won't be successful. And you look for those people that, again, like you said, that's a challenge and that person gets motivated by it. Yeah, but it's also at the same time. Okay, when the ACC tournament comes to a wrap, uh, before every homestand, our staff has a meeting that ju- we basically go over everything that happens to that homestand. When that meeting is over, after the ACC tournament, hey, we need help flipping this room. We need to move some tables out, move some chairs back, reset the room so that it's ready for for tonight's game. You notice the people who <laughs> stick around after that meeting, but more importantly, you notice the people who don't stick around Correct. after that meeting. Yep. Yeah. And more often than not, you, you could see the people who stick around and reset that room are the folks who have been there five years, ten years. It's the people that, it's not a request when you say, hey, we need an extra set of hands. It's, this is my job, yeah. is to provide an extra set of hands because that's that's just how we operate. You're also eager to help out that that group that needs that assistance. Um,
1: I think we've got plenty of examples of that. And probably most minor league teams have the same thing where... where There's some departments that wear it more than others, and when given the opportunity to help out one of those departments that's wearing it, uh, it's fun to assist. Um, You know, sports, a lot of industries have this, right? But sports also give you that you can look back and see what you accomplished each day. Like, so we can go back and look at a homestand, and you get through a homestand, and you compare your numbers from the previous year or the previous homestand, or you can walk out here on a Tuesday night and say, ooh, yeah, I worked I work 13 hours, but I can get a little bit better in this category. We can sell a little more tickets than this. We can push this initiative more. And you can you got an opportunity to prove it the very next day. You don't have to wait a calendar year or six months or a quarter uh, to do that. Um, and I think a lot of the people that work in sports, they've got that competitive nature, and the schedules that we have, it, it, it feeds off of that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's funny to say you can see very clearly how well you do because, again, a, a lot of people think you work in sports. Wins and losses is what you care about. But at the end of the day, we are a community-driven product. We want fans to be here. We want fans to have fun. We want this to be affordable, family fun. And that's why our tickets start at $9 and not, like I said, $35. Um, but, again, it's, it's, you're driven by these numbers. You're driven by what we did tonight, and we could have done better. And I think that's why it's interesting going back to you said the off season is your least favorite time of year. Every year I say March is my least favorite time of year. Mm-hmm. And you're probably the same in terms of the operations and the marketing. You have a ton of projects that need to be done by one day. It needs to be done by that first game. And so you're building, building, building to getting all of these projects done. But you don't have that game day at the end of the day. You don't have that adrenaline that right. when you open gates. You don't see the fruits of your labor until people come in those stands on on opening night, and so it's it's like you said there is that competitive nature in, in a lot of us here in, in the Bulls, especially of like you said, well, hey, we got ten thousand five hundred on Star Wars night last year. How do we get, do we get ten thousand <laughs> nine hundred the next year right you know when you, you always try to build on what you do um, so I appreciate you know we, we appreciate that comment from from last week's show because I don't think we ever took the time to really explain you know, I, I hope you can hear it in our voices that it's that competitiveness, it's that ability to see what you can do differently. It's the different challenges of whether it's weather, whether it's uh, parking, whether it's, you know, who who knows what's going to throw off the, the chance to get people in the ballpark or do your job on a day-to-day basis, but that's sort of what you revel in. It's that that challenge that every day throws at you to to do something new, do something different, do something better.
1: Yeah, it's one of the, one of the neat things too. I was doing some simple math over here but uh, where you've got to be locked in, right? And where your competitive nature does kick in each and every night, right? How we get better from on Wednesday night than Tuesday night and Thursday night compared to, to Wednesday night. This homestand, 14% of our season, right here. So you, you gotta be locked in and ready to go. Uh, and again, we've only got really 70, 70 nights a year to, uh, that, that make up a, such a core element of our business. Uh, and it's fun, when that's, you look forward to those 70 nights. Uh, and everything you've got to do to be as successful as you possibly can and to help other departments be as successful as
0: they possibly can. Um, That's when it's fun. That's the fun time of year. And I think for me, at at the most basic level, what I've I've definitely lost sight of and I try to keep sight of is that my office is a baseball stadium. Mm -hmm. You know, at At the most basic level, no matter what I'm doing, how often I work, how many hours, I come to work at a place where people come to forget about the problems in their life. You know, that is, I work, in, and and we're biased. DBAP is about as nice as it's gonna That's get. Right. <laughs> you know, this isn't your run of the mill ballpark. This is a state of the art, um, which is crazy because it's over 20 years old, but the renovations we've done, the character the ballpark has, this is about as good as it gets in the industry. And there's definitely days you come into work and you're tired or you're annoyed, or just like any other job, there are complaints you have with that job Um, or frustrations you have with projects you work on, whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, I can take my lunch break in the, in a random seat at one of the nicest baseball parks in the country on any day that I'm at, at the ballpark. And that's something that I try to keep in mind, uh, when I do have those frustrations, (laughs) you know, with the project I'm working on or whatever it might be. So I appreciate the listener who pointed that out. Hopefully that gives some insight into the passion that not only Scott and I, but a lot of the folks we work with have, um, both full-time and seasonal employees, to really try to put on the best show we can night in and night out. So now we turn to Quentin McCracken. Again, a guy, a Duke product. Product. Uh, Duke headed to Super Regionals this weekend at Vanderbilt. Um, a former Bulls player who's back with the Bulls on the coaching staff. Good stuff from, from Quentin McCracken. Here he is. All right, we're here with Quentin McCracken, uh, base running coach, base coach, outfield coach for the Durham Bulls in your first year, uh, but a Duke product as well. What's it been like being back in Durham for an extended period of time?
2: Uh, It's good to be back here in Durham, Uh, back in uh, home territory, familiar territory. I mean, this is where, uh, uh, you know, I guess the beginnings for me you know you know setting foot on the duke campus as an 18 year old naive country boy and uh, <laughs> hopefully maturing into a uh a, a man and getting an opportunity after graduation to uh, participate in uh in uh, uh professional sports which is you know most kids uh, dream come true the opportunity to play professional sports and to uh uh, make a career out of it uh, I was truly blessed but uh, this is where it began so it's a uh, it's been a blessing to get the opportunity to come back to Durham and uh, you know revisit and and uh, you can't come home again you know?
0: <laughs> so how important was it for you to go <clears throat> to college somewhat close to home you know a couple hours away and and what kind of play push did Duke make for you that made you be like yeah I mean so good. the education probably spoke for itself but this is where I want to play my college ball
2: well, you know, my parents is, uh, have always stressed the importance of education uh in our household. Come from an athletic family, uh, but my mom was a she was his teacher's assistant. My dad was a he was a laborer. He was a uh he was a longshoreman and he was a carpenter. Mm-hmm. So you talk about learning the proper work ethic, uh honest days work for an honest day's pay, that's my uh my father's credo. Uh, see him break his back out there with manual, you know, labor do manual labor. Uh, to support his family, and then my mom, being an educator, she she made it, made sure that the kids understood the importance of uh, getting a, a solid education. Um, and so, when it came time for me to uh, choose schools, it was it was, and it was a no-brainer. It came down between Duke University and uh, and Wake, uh, as far as uh, uh, schools for which you know I wanted to attend both. We're uh, on the uprise as far as their the athletic programs. Uh, I think we had Dooley over at Wake, mm-hmm. uh, who recruited me at the time, and uh, Spurrier here at Duke. And you know, Spurrier's offense. I was a running back in uh, in high school, so I fancied myself as you know being a running back at the collegiate level. But Spurrier had some other ideas. <laughs> he you know he threw the ball a lot, and being you know, I was you know pretty swift, a fast little you know scat back. You know, Roger Boone was the, uh, you know, the heir apparent as far as he had lock on the, uh, you know, starting running back job. Uh, he was going to move me to a, like a flanker, wide receiver. But uh, little did he know that I had hands of stone. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, uh, doing freshman orientation, um, you know, Dave Brown, you know, uh, my classmate. Uh, I'm trying to learn how to use my hands as far as catching the ball. I'm running an in route and uh, uh, I'm trying to catch the ball with my hands. Dave Brown throws me a nice tight spiral. Uh, I tried to catch it with my hands, ended up spraining my thumb, um, <laughs> which rendered me as a wide receiver pretty much useless. <laughs> um, and so uh, that being said, uh, the recruiting class that Spurrier brought in was, you know, fairly, you know, with some good good, good players. Uh, Wyatt Smith, my uh, you know, collegiate roommate and best friend of four years, uh, uh, you know, he was on the defensive end and he, he ended up starting uh, – uh, myself, I ended up switching over to the defensive side because our defensive coordinator, being one of the faster guys on the team, uh, knew knew he wanted to use me on the defensive side. I could he uh, lured me with the opportunity to play as a as a freshman and uh, come out and uh, you know contribute to helping the team the team win that way. And uh, they threw me some little caveats as far as saying, "Hey, you can go return." punts, and <laughs> kicks, kickoffs and things like that to get my my offensive uh fill and that's what I ended up doing you know I think about the third or fourth game uh why didn't I end up starting uh why was a, he'd already earned a, sp- a starting job as a freshman and then I think I ended up uh you know starting around the fourth or fifth game freshman year and uh was a, ended up being a four-year starter for us and uh we both end up uh securing uh you know the right and left cornerback position and uh of course uh sophomore year we were fortunate enough to to win the AC, uh, ACC
1: championship under Spurrier. Do you remember anything about the November fourth Duke football game at Wake Forest, where y'all put up fifty two, uh, and Wake put up thirty five.
0: I think Scott does. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> well, like like I said, sport, uh, you know Coach Spurrier. man, mean, offensively, as we all know, that he's 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 a, he's a mastermind. I mean, he could draw some some. Uh, Plays up in the dirt, and if you execute and make the proper reach, you're going to put some points on the board. We just uh, uh, we just tried to keep them under thirty. We're going to score thirty-five. That was a given. So if right. you look back at those teams in uh, '88 and '89, you know we gave up a lot of points. We've been, with, uh, I guess, our defensive model. We've been, but we don't break and uh, just get the ball to the, the guys on the offensive side because they were going to put up some points under Coach, Coach Spurrier's system. But uh, in regards to uh, you know Wake. Uh, I tell you one thing I do recall uh why didn't I and i uh, yeah, i'm a, i'm gonna pull him into this mix in okay. the other <laughs> corner uh we we uh we've been but we didn't break, but uh we helped uh propel some 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 talent to the next level. I remember a post route ran by uh Mr. Ricky pro yeah that i'm uh i'm s- i i'm still trying to figure out where he <laughs> what he did what movie made to lose me that bad uh but uh you talk about uh you know, just an exceptional talent. Uh, you know, as freshmen and sophomores playing against the likes of uh you know, Ricky Pros and, mm-hmm. and Herman Moore, uh here in the ACC. They ACC had some, some uh hellacious, you know, wide receiver and some ten, you know, some tremendous talent doing that area, um and still does. Um, uh, but to uh you know, be fortunate enough to play on the gridiron and then uh during the fall and then cross over and play um, you know on the, on the baseball diamond during the spring to be given that opportunity uh, you know i'll be forever thankful for for uh, my coaching staff here on both sides of uh with both programs um, uh, so I'm, I'm I'm just very you know fortunate and thankful for the opportunity they gave me Have any good bill dooley stories um Hell of a man, you yeah. know. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, my recollection of uh, Co- Coach Dooley was just he was straightforward in his recruiting pitch for w- w- with me there at uh, Wake. And as I said, it came down to Duke and Wake. And uh, just the fact that uh, uh you know, uh, academically, both are great institutions, they're both not weren't, weren't too far from my hometown of Southport, North Carolina, three four hour drive, so it was. Uh, far enough away where I can, you know, garner as a young man some independence. <laughs> I can spread my wings a little bit, but yet close enough that in case of an emergency, I can get home to the parents and the parents could come up. As I said, we come from, modem, you know, modest means and to 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 have, uh, you know, my parents be able to come up and see me and, and uh, you know, be near me and to be able to get home in case of emergencies. And, yeah. and then, you know, as most you know, athletes know and most students know, most student athletes know, you know, uh, that home cooked meal goes a long way, it goes, a long way. <laughs> uh, it goes a long way. And to be able to, uh, you know, you know, jump in a car or jump on a bus or, or, or hitch a ride back home to, just to to Brunswick County, uh, was appealing to me. And so, um, you know, the, the fact that, uh, you know, Duke two and wake two, two great, uh, academic institutions that recruited me and both were going to allow me the, the opportunity to pursue both, both sports, mm-hmm. um, was I was very fortunate, but uh in the end, uh I think the in uh the, the the Duke blew and just uh once I set foot on on uh Duke campus, you know, driving down for the first time, uh, uh Chapel Drive and I I shared a story with my wife and uh uh and and close friends. Uh once once I hit, once we hit Chapel Drive and just seen just that scenic chapel in the background as an eighteen year old uh, it just it just felt felt right, mm-hmm. and uh, I even remembered saying, "Hey, whenever I do get hitched, this is the place <laughs> I, I want to a- get. This is the place I want to get maybe get married. I mean, That's the gothic cool. structure and uh, uh, just to, just to, you know, just to, just very scenic, just beautiful. Uh, so I knew this is where uh, where I needed to be, and I was fortunate enough years later to uh, with my wife who's from the West coast to grant uh, permission for us to get married here at Duke chapel. And that's what we did. And, uh, in uh, January, 2005, we came back all of our, her family from the West coast and my family, of course, being here from, uh, the Southeast and, you know, Southeastern North Carolina, all my family came up and, uh, we had a grand time here and, uh, we got hitched. And,
0: uh, so Duke is, Duke, you know, is home. It, Duke is home. It's, it's part of the fabric. Also, the choice between Duke and Wake is not like you're going to choose one good choice and one There's uh, There's one good choice and, and no. one bad choice. That's a pretty good two yeah, schools okay to choose yeah. between. Yeah. One A and one A. You know, one yeah. A and one B. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, have you been able to spend a lot of time back on campus since you've been back with the <laughs> Bulls now that you're, again, you're here for a little bit more of an extended amount of time and, and see what's changed, what's the same, and you know, rehash some, some college memories?
2: Um, not as much as I would like. I mean, uh, as I said, we, you know, we're here in the uh, work capacity, you know, coaching. Uh, getting back on the field after being in the uh, front office for the past, what, eight years um, has been a welcome change. Uh, and uh, as we all know, you know, coaching hours are pretty long. So we're at the ballpark usually around, you know, you know, six, seven hours before the game. So I'm usually at the ballpark around 12 or 1 o'clock uh, getting prepped uh, for, our, you know, that day, uh, early work and things of that nature, um, but I was able, uh, fortunately, to get over to university here a couple of days ago and kind of uh, get reacquainted with uh, some of the uh, some of the, the, the athletic staff that are uh, that are still around from my days, and to uh, just see, you know, all the uh, uh, renovations that are going on over there at the university. So it was it was, uh, it was a grand tour by uh, Mike Saab, and as Shut I said, uh, yeah, Mike, uh, you know, he's. He's, he's been there forever and a day and a uh, uh, good friend. And, uh, you know, when I was in Tampa, as a matter of fact, back in uh, 1999 when uh, you know, Duke uh, lost the final four, I think it was UConn. Uh, uh, Mike, I was fortunate enough to uh, get some tickets to uh, that final four through Mike. And so, you know, the Duke alumni and the Duke uh, athletic department, I mean, next his family. And so uh, for me to, uh, to get back here to Durham, um, uh, and to uh, get you know I guess reacquainted and just be in the area, uh, I look forward to uh, uh, I guess uh, furthering the ties and getting uh, I guess uh, more caught up to date with what's going on over there at the university with both programs here, you know this summer and you know as long as I'm here in Durham.
0: So. And it was really cool. A few years ago, you came and spoke at the Duke baseball first pitch banquet, and now all of a sudden they've won regionals back to back years. They're they're going to play Vanderbilt. <laughs> this weekend in, in Supers. Uh, how, you know, what's that relationship been like? Again, now that you're the, the former big leaguer, now you're the Durham Bulls coach, and, and forming that relationship, and again, cultivating that relationship with Duke baseball. Well,
2: uh, shout out to you know Coach Pollard and his his staff for uh, uh, a job well done. I mean, uh, you know, John Courtright, who's a good friend of mine, a uh, fellow uh, former big leaguer, who's uh, he's now one of the top agents in our industry, uh, and he he has uh, definitely kept uh, all of us Duke alumni who are in the, uh, you know in the professional ranks in, in the baseball industry kind of linked. And uh, uh, with Coach Pollard coming in and doing what he's done for this program, taking it to the next level, uh, it was a, a tremendous honor for him to to reach out and to ask uh, you know the alumni to come back and uh, you know just share our stories and experiences and to uh, you know help. Help the program as much, in any way possible. If it's just in a support manner, just you know, coming out and talking to the kids about, uh, you know, what thing uh, the way things were when we were there, and and the way things uh, work in freshman ranks. Most, let's face it, most of the kids have uh, aspirations to, you know, maybe take their game to the next level if given an opportunity. And so, uh, to help, to be able to provide some insight uh, to uh, the players currently in the program, and to be there to support Coach Coach Ballard and his crew. Um, uh, with what they're doing today, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's what we do. I mean, as said, Duke is family, and uh, 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 you know, I, I was just over there yesterday and had the opportunity to to speak with Coach Pollard, and we've been in contact, uh, you know, here the past few years since I since as I said we reengaged four years ago, uh, uh, but to see the program. Um, garner national attention by making the, the NCAA's what uh, Super Regionals the past two years and just doing the things that they are uh, They have accomplished the past few years. is just amazing and uh, make, makes me a proud alumni It's even gotta,
1: prouder. It's got to be interesting for I'm, I'm thinking back to times where we've had guest speakers and whatnot um, even going back to school right in college and high school uh, where it's interesting for that scenario you just described, you might have someone that's in front of you that might be 15, 20, 25 years older than you, but they're talking about a step that's only one step away for a lot of those kids. Um, what uh, what do you wish might have uh, been said to you when you were back in your college days to kind of flip the script on that, that talk? Well, you
2: know, I, it, I think I got the best out of my ability. So I'm, I, am you know, it's, I don't think there's few things that I would have changed uh, along along my path because, uh, like I said, uh, you know, Coach Trailer, Coach Hilliard, those guys uh, on the staff when uh, when we were there, they did a tremendous job. We had some decent years, you know, uh, and were part I think of the foundation of uh, uh, making Duke baseball respectable. Of course, uh, respectability and uh, championship uh, teams are you know, you know two different things mm-hmm. as. Uh, uh, making NCAA's and you know super regionals and and things of that nature. That's taking it to the next level. But uh, you know you got to crawl before you can walk. And so we were at that uh, the, I think crawling and starting to walk stage under Coach uh, Coach Trailer. We had I think a couple of thirty win clubs uh, there, and uh, you know maybe five hundred. I think we titled them little around being around five hundred in ACC, which is a tough conference. Absolutely. I mean it's it's a uh, you know, over the past what 10, 15 years, I mean, you know, we're talking about some stiff competition, and then with all the reconfiguration of the, you know, I guess it's a Super Conference now, uh, it's no, no, uh, no easy nights mm-hmm. and no easy series. Uh, uh, so uh, kudos out to goes out once again to Coach Coach uh, Pollard by uh, for his recruiting practices, bringing in the top talent uh, nationally. Uh, we I think during during Coach Traylor's era. Um, you know, we we're losing most of those kids that could uh, com- compete not only on the field, athletically, but academically in the ca- classroom. You're losing those guys to the other top-ranked programs across the uh, across the country, which was the Stanford's, you know, the Notre Dame's, you know, and uh, you know, and see Vanderbilt kind of, you know, emerge here mm-hmm. the past two years with that program that they have uh, going now, and to see Duke uh, uh, mentioned in the same breath now, and and on the big stage competing for. Uh, yeah, you know, I said national titles. Uh, like I said, I'm so proud and happy for Coach Um, uh, But I understand the work, the hard work, and uh, the effort, the energy that goes into uh, uh, not only building the program, but uh, uh, you know, building the program and sustaining you know championships year after year. Uh, you know, having done so, and being a part of uh, you know our, our efforts there in Houston to bring a World Series championship
0: uh, to to the city of Houston on the next level. Well, Quentin, I think we're going to let you go, um, but we really appreciate you joining us. And, and one thing from a front office standpoint, again, as we try to give our, our listeners some insight into the front office, with you being new to the coaching staff, whenever we get a new coaching staff, I think you always hear who's on the staff and you're, all right, well, what's the report on this guy? You know, like what, Like, what? And Brady, we had a little bit of insight to because yeah. he was an organizational guy. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden we hear Quentin McCracken and it's like, all right, well, we know he played for Tampa Bay, you know, a couple years back. He was a Duke guy, so hopefully he'll be happy to return home. But that was the only quote unquote report we had. And then, and then you show up here, and you're like the nicest guy ever. And I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, this is even better than expected. Um, so it's been a pleasure working with you so far. Look forward to the rest of the season and, and hopefully beyond in whatever capacity. But uh, we appreciate it, man, and, and good luck the rest of the year. Absolutely. Keep enjoying Durham. Oh, most, most definitely. I appreciate you guys, as I said. Uh, home
2: this is home this is home as I said uh, you know uh, Carolina born and bred and uh, proud to be back home and and uh, proud to be in familiar territory all right thanks man all right
0: all right Quentin McCracken rooting for his Blue Devils this weekend he's a good dude taking on taking on the, the Vandy boys that's a weird hashtag. I always thought like Vandy Boys, or, or is that their is that their actual handle on Twitter? Uh, that's their handle as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. not for me. It's not on their field. I think it just says Vandy.
1: Their uniforms is mostly Vandy. Vandy, yeah. Yeah, but Van- they're good. They're good. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be a heck of a test for the Blue Devils. Um, pretty impressive
0: run by the Blue Devils. Yeah, three consecutive
1: super regionals.
0: Three seed in Morgantown this year and breeze yeah. through three games, three wins. See you later. So uh, so one of our segments that we debuted last episode got some good play. Would you rather? Scott does not know I this don't know one. this. this is, I'm on the edge of my stool right now. Not All right. seat. All right. So stool. we're talking about the Durham Bulls specifically. Okay. Would you rather have free tickets for life or free ballpark food for life? But the ballpark food is only available if you're at the game. So you can't just come by it On a random day in November. Free tickets or free ballpark food? That's a tough one, right? I'm going to go tickets. I'm definitely going to go tickets. So I'm an old school guy.
1: I I don't have any of these issues that that the new school people do with baseball. And it being too boring and too long and blah, blah, blah. I like coming to the ballpark, kicking my feet up. I'll be doing that this weekend. Annual family baseball trip with the uh, pops, brothers, and nephew. Going to Fenway to watch the Red Sox. And... Rays, hopefully seeing uh, three Rays, or actually four raise wins, uh, doubleheader on Saturday and we will get there early we will kick our feet up we will probably only go to the concession stand once or twice we'll get the nephew some popcorn, love some popcorn but the rest of it, I'm going to sit back and enjoy the sounds, the sights of a ballpark so tickets, tickets would be my answer
0: yeah, so here's where I come in I can come to the DBAP for $9. I can get a ticket for $9. Okay. And then I can have all you can eat for nothing. Yep. So my night ends at $9.
1: So you're looking I am at just, from a financial standpoint.
0: And I am just guzzling chicken tenders, <laughs> maybe, a, maybe a beer if I'm off duty, obviously. Root beer um, float? Root beer float. Root beer float. I mean, nine cotton candies in nine innings maybe? I mean, I think, yes, from, from my millennial standpoint... I look at perceived value. Oh my! Perceived value. Oh my! So you're telling me that I can come into the ballpark for a cool nine dollars, and like I said, just have, just walk into any concession stand like this is mine now, this is mine now. I think that, I think that's more appealing to me, and my tum tum, that's what I call my tummy, which is what <laughs> I call my stomach. So, are you are you rethinking
1: this now? I well, I'm thinking, was it Durham Bulls? Tickets and Durham Bulls. All you can eat food. Yeah. Yes. I believe. Just I believe I began
0: part. this segment with this applies specifically to the Durham Bulls. Hmm. I haven't listened to the tape because we're still recording, but i <laughs> and we sure don't have a tape. I expressly <laughs> said that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I get. I'm. I'm. I appreciate the financial element of that. Um, so yes, to answer your question, <laughs> I, I am rethinking this uh, specifically on the root beer float. I can't get that image or video GIF, gif. Whatever you millennials
0: call it, uh, of the root beer float being filled up. So, for those um, who missed it, we had State Fair Night yeah. a few nights ago, and we did a bottoms up root beer float. If you're not familiar with bottoms up root beer float, come to the DBAP. Just come to the DBAP. We, we have a, it's a cup with a little magnet on the bottom. You place it on a dispenser? Sure. Right? Well, for lack it of has a better term, as a, a nipple that pops up. Okay. So, the, the magnet pops up from the bottom of the cup, and the cup fills from the bottom. And then you pull it up, the magnet drops to the bottom of the cup, and there you go. It's usually associated with beer. Correct. We've we've had it with Boulder and Beer Company here, the DBAP, for many years on State Fair Night, amended that to a root beer float, had some uh, vanilla ice cream on the magnet, pop it up, filled with root beer, and that looked pretty baller. Does the all you
1: can eat food also apply to food served in the club, the PNC Triangle Club? No. Man of the people. (laughs) Okay. I had a crisp, not a Krispy Kreme, but a, a uh, donut burger in the club, uh, the PNC Triangle Club. Again, another shout out. Saturday. That was Sunday. Sunday. That was phenomenal.
0: Yeah. So if I can get that on the concourse, then yes, I changed yeah. my vote to food. Glazed donut on top, glazed donut on the bottom, and then a cheeseburger. Uh, and shout out to one of our chefs, John Horn. He went out of his way to like, serve people that. He's like, hey, you hungry? He's never once asked me if I was hungry before. He was really proud of them, as he should be, because so, that, was, that was awesome. All that stuff we said about why we love our jobs, that's actually why we love our jobs. <laughs> his donut Ballpark burgers. Ballpark food. Um, Free donut burgers. So, so you are sticking, though, with tickets. No, I've shifted. You've shifted. I've completely made this not interesting. We both agree. All right, so there so there you have it two, two votes for uh, two votes for ballpark food. Let us know what you think. email social media at com. Would you rather have free tickets for life or free ballpark food for life at the DBAP specifically? Yes let us know your Good reasoning. Point. Let us know your reasoning and we'll pick one person at random, four tickets to a bulls game of their choice. Again social media at durrham your chance to win four tickets to a Durham Bulls game. Just give us your reasoning Is it Would you rather have tickets Or food We'll pick one at random You get the tickets And that's that I think we made the case For both We made both arguments Right here So I'll be curious to see What what folks come back to And maybe that's some uh, Market research Mm. Into uh, ticket purchasers Mm -hmm. As the quest uh, As the marketing professional To learn more about The demographics I'm just throwing out All industry terms here Hot topic terms Maybe some A-B testing For some Email marketing things yeah, crushing it. That's outside of my world. <laughs> Shift now to baseball talk. Interesting. Uh, so we've talked, we've mentioned the MLB draft before, and it's preposterously long. Forty rounds is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. With a a weird round in between rounds one and two, like the compensation round. Which why don't they just call it round two? For, but, well, because not everybody gets a pick, or you don't have to use your pick. Like one B you and I have both worked in baseball for a while and in like the player operation side and, I well, I don't want to speak for you, I still don't understand a lot of baseball things when it comes mm-hmm. to like drafts and free agent signings and these things called compensation picks. Um, but anyway, so just talking about the the Tampa Bay Rays, their first six picks, three of them are guys with North Carolina ties, including their first round pick. So the, the 22nd overall pick in the MLB draft, Greg Jones, Local. Sh- shortstop from UNC Wilmington, but from Cary High School. So that would be really cool. This is a guy who uh, people are saying is the fastest player in the draft. Hmm. Um, also interesting, uh, he was the CAA, his, his college conference, he was the CAA player of the year as a shortstop. And people are already like, he'll be a center fielder in the bigs. Like, Already moved him. It's 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 scouts is, are just weird to me. They like, they just look at a guy who's the best player in his conference, no matter what, and just like that, it's like nope, he's going to be a center fielder. Um, so you have Greg Jones, a shortstop from UNC Wilmington. You have Seth Johnson, who was again that compensation round, uh, the thirty sixth overall pick, which would just be round two. <laughs> but he's a thirty sixth overall pick. He's a, a pitcher out of Campbell, and then in the fourth round. The 128th overall pick. You have Graham Stinson, a southpaw out of Duke, and Stinson. I mean, you, you're a fourth round pick. That's a really high pick. Stinson was actually projected to be higher, right. but battled some injuries this year. Yep. Yeah. It. Uh, I've actually paid attention uh,
1: to the UNCW product. His uh, his left side of the infield mate actually uh, is the son of my high school principal. Um, small world. Yes. Yeah, small world. Absolutely. Cole Weiss plays third, and uh, he actually had a higher batting average uh, than Jones did, but he he had a heck of a season. UNCW had a heck of a season, um, as is Duke, and as did Campbell. Uh, Campbell um, went down a tough defeat yesterday twice to lose to ECU, which, interesting enough, ECU, going going into this NCAA tournament, has had the most amount of wins without making a College World Series. Um, So you've got some kids growing up in some – um, some very productive programs and uh, had a lot of success on the field as a team this year. And obviously, will be interesting to see how they kind of transition. Uh, you know, that's a kind of, it's not necessarily an elephant in the room with professional baseball at the minor league level, but it's somewhat is you're, yeah, you're on a team, but you're also uh, much more competing as an individual. Um, you know, especially if, if, if you're a shortstop, you're competing against that second baseman for some middle infield spots, um, at the advanced levels above you, and then ultimately the big league level so uh it's cool to see uh i think you know the state of north Carolina is such a a rich baseball tradition um maybe not quite as rich as uh and known for it as texas and florida's of the world um but it's cool to have a lot of homegrown talent right around us um during the college season and then and then hopefully get to move on um and and obviously these guys joining the rays hopefully they'll be in durham in a few years and uh we'll watch them right before they make the big leagues
0: and really cool, again, about how guys move through the system. High school guys, it, it's going to take them five, six years to get to AAA. College guys, it could be one or two years. You look at Brendan McKay, who we talked about last episode. He was drafted about two years ago to the day, mm-hmm. uh, and now he's in AAA. So you got a, a couple of these guys, again, who could be in Durham literally one or two years from now. So definitely want to keep an eye on uh, Greg Jones, Seth Johnson, and Graham Stinson moving through the next couple of seasons. So, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, we got a little bit of a break coming up. Typically, the way that the International League season goes, it's you're home for a week and on the road for a week. And it's almost a march back and forth. We haven't necessarily had that a ton recently. Um, and we don't have that with this next upcoming homestand. We, we're back at it on June 11th. And we're, we're home through June 16th. Some good promotions coming at your way. lollygaggers night. Looking forward to that. The one. Durham Lollygaggers. We hosted the 30th anniversary of Bull Durham a season ago. This year, we're playing as the Durham Lollygaggers. If you don't get that reference, go watch Bull Durham. Right. Uh, it is rated R. Again, for HR purposes, I will throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Bull Durham is rated R, but also a great movie. And even if you've seen it a hundred times, like I have, hundred ones just go scared. watch. Yep, watch it again. Great movie. Uh, really should have a lot of fun that night. We're wearing special jerseys. Special hats. I love those hats. Can I I get one of those hats or one of those jerseys? Funny you mentioned that, Scott. Uh, Visit durhambowls.com slash shop, Hmm. and you can find those. Interesting that came up. Yeah. Um, So we got lollygaggers night coming up. That'll be fun. Bark in the Park is back. Yes, the June version of Bark in the Park. That's Wednesday night. Uh, Two fireworks shows, as always, every Friday, Saturday, followed by a fireworks show. Affordable Eats every Thursday. Discounted concessions. And then the homestand wraps with Father's Day. So we'll have a Father's Day game, and that is actually the makeup of a meet-the-team event that was canceled back in April. We'll have that on uh, pregame on June 16th. So come out, meet the entire Bulls team, the coaching staff, get autographs, get some photos. That event's always a lot of fun as well. Meet Quentin McCracken. Meet Quentin McCracken. Good dude. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Hit Bull Win Podcast. As always, we'll ask you to subscribe. We'll ask you to review, but only if it's five stars, nothing below. And as always, refer. Let somebody else know about this podcast. If you let one person know, and then they let one person know, then I would, and if you do it quickly, we'll be the number one podcast in the world by the end of this week. I think it's doable. (laughs) <laughs> That's a, it's, it's one of those goals we talked about but I think we can hit it um, so again that does it for episode 6 of Hit Bull Win Podcast the official podcast of the Durham Bulls and a production of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network until next time go Bulls